I did not join the resistance movement to kill people, to kill the nation. Look at me now. Am I a savage person? My conscience is clear. This was Paul Pot, and this is the good, the bad, and the pure evil. So this is a long and detailed story, and I will be doing a two-part video to tell the full story. Paul Pot was born in the small fishing village of Prek Sabov, about 1928. He was named Salazar. Paul Pot would come later. The family was mixed Chinese and ethnic Khmer, becoming full Khmer. His father Lot, later called Salat Fem, was a really wealthy farmer with nine hectares of rice land and many cattle. The family's home was huge, one of the largest in the village. At harvest time and transplanting time, they hired poor neighbours to do a lot of the agricultural labour. Sar's mother, Suk Nem, was seen locally as a pious Buddhist. Sar and his siblings were raised Theravada Buddhists. Despite the family's wealth, Paul Pot would claim in an interview of being poor peasant family. Cambodia was a monarchy, but the king wasn't in political control. The French colony reign was. Sar had connections to Cambodian royals with a cousin named Meek as a consort of King Monivong. At six, Sar and older brother were sent to live with Meek in Pham Pen. Here Sar spent 18 months as a novice monk learning Buddhist teachings and learning how to write and read in Khmer. Summer 1935, he went to live with his brother Suong and his family. So he would have been the seven or maybe eight and began school in Ekol Mish, a Roman Catholic school, with cousin Meek paying tuition fees. Sar wasn't great at school and he was held back twice, but received his certificate in 1941, aged about 13 although some say he was 16, with a year of birth as 1925 and not 1928. He continued to visit Meek at the King's Palace, and these visits, Sar had his earliest sexual experiences with the King's ladies-in-waiting, I think is the polite version. While Sar was in school, the King of Cambodia died. Norodom Sihanouk would replace him. Kalis Priam Sihanouk, a junior middle school, was opened in Kampong Cham, 1942, and Sar was chosen as a boarder at the institution. This education gave him a privileged place in Cambodia society. Sar remained in school until 1947 when he left. He passed exams and got into the school Le Che Sisoa. In 1948, he would then try the upper-class exams, but failed. So he rolled in École Technique to study carpentry. From academic to trade, probably was a shock to many. Anyway, he met class, close friend Lang Sari, who later became a member of Sar's government. Summer 1949, Sar passed the exclusive brevet exams and got a scholarship to let him travel to France to study at engineering school.
World War II Nazi Germany invaded France and in 1941 the Japanese ousted France from Cambodia. Sihanouk would declare Cambodia as independent. Once World War II ended, Germany and Japan lost, so France reasserted control over Cambodia in 1946. But they allowed for the creation of a new constitution and created various political parties. The most successful was the Democratic Party winning the 1946 general election. Sihanouk opposed the left-leaning reforms and in 1948 dissolved the National Assembly, instead ruling by decree. Saar with access to further education abroad made him part of a tiny elite in Cambodia. He and 21 others sailed from Saigon to Marseille. In 1950, he enrolled at the Franquiche de Radio Electricité to study radio electronics. He got average marks in the first year but failed end-of-year exams. He was allowed to retake them and just scraped the pass, which led him to continue. Saar spent three years in Paris and in summer 1950, he and 18 others joined French counterparts travelling to Yugoslavia to volunteer in a labour battalion building a motorway in Croatia. Saar didn't really try to embrace the French life or language. In Paris, Lang Sari and two others created the Sokel Marxist, a Marxist and Leninist organisation. The group met to read Marxist texts and held self-criticism sessions. Saar would later join the group. Several months later, Saar and Sari joined the French Communist Party, or PCF. Saar would attend party meetings, including ones with his Cambodian group, and read its magazines Les Cachillards Internationales. By now, the Marxist-Leninist movement was strong globally. The Chinese Communist Party had come to power under Mao, and the French Communist Party was the country's largest, attracting 25% of the French electoral vote. Saar found some Marx texts hard to understand, but became familiar with the writings of Joseph Stalin. Stalin's approach to Marxism, called Stalinism, gives Saar a sense of purpose. Saar would also read anarchist Peter Kropotkin's French Revolution, The Great Revolution. From this, Saar took the idea alliances between intellectuals and peasants were needed for revolution. It had to be done without compromise, from start to finish, for it to work. Back in Cambodia, tensions grew, and King Sihanouk dismissed the government and declared himself Prime Minister. In response, Saar wrote an article, Monarchy or Democracy? In it, he spoke about the positivity of Buddhism, saying Buddhist monks were anti-monarchists on the side of peasants. Sarkel called a meeting, wanted to send someone to assess the situation and see what rebel groups they should support. Saar, of course, put his name as a volunteer and in December, Saar stepped onto the SS Jemaki, going back to Cambodia without a degree. January 13, 1953, Saar arrived at Saigon. That day, Sihanouk disbanded democratic-controlled National Assembly and began ruling by decree, imprisoning democratic members with no trials. 
Cambodia was in a civil war with civilian massacres. Sar spent months with Prince Shantarara in Gezi. Then he moved to the city Pham Penh. He met Ping Se, a fellow Circle member, and they talked about what was going on. Sar liked the guerrilla subgroup Khmer Vigd Mang, a resistance group, and he believed it was the best group for the Sakhail to support. August 1953, Sar went to the HQ of Viet Mine in Karboa. Over the next few months, 12 other Sakhal members came to join. Sar was tasked to grow cassavara, a woody shrub, and he worked in the canteen. Soon he became secretary and aide to Tu Samat, secretary of the Kai Kaimar Viet Mi in the East Zone. Sihanouk wanted French rule gone, but France didn't like the idea, so they refused. With this, Sihanouk called for public resistance. Khmer troops deserted the French army in huge numbers, and the French government relented rather than risk a war for control, costing a lot. In November, Sihanouk announced Cambodia was free and independent. Civil conflict then intensified and France backed Sihanouk's war against the rebels. Sihanouk secured an agreement from North Vietnam to withdraw Khmer Viet Mi from Cambodian territory. The, less, the last Khmer Mi units left October 1954. But Sars stayed and trekked back to Pham Penh. He and other Cambodian Marxist Leninists decided it was time to go after their aims through electoral means. So the group wanted to operate clandestinely, but also have a socialist party. Crack Chia Chan would serve as a front organization so they could compete in the 1955 election. Sihanouk feared the Democratic Party government, and in March 1955 he renounced the throne and gave it to his father. This meant he could legally make his own political party, the Zangkum Rursar Niyom. This meant he could contest the election. September elections would see widespread voter intimidation and fraud, having Zangkum winning all 91 seats. Sar, with no teaching qualifications, somehow got a job as a teacher in history, geography, French literature and morals in a private school. People said he was actually a good teacher. He began a relationship with communist revolutionary Kiel Panari, marrying in a Buddhist ceremony July 1956. Sihanouk cracked down on Marxist-Leninist movement. Sar and others drafted a program and statutes for a new Marxist-Leninist party that would be allied to the Vietnamese. They had party cells, emphasising the recruitment of small numbers of defecated members and had political seminars in safe houses. In 1959, a conference was held setting up the Kum Pochian Labour Party based on Marcus Lenis's model of democratic centralism. Sar Tusmant and Nguyen Chia became part of a four-man general affairs committee which led the party. The Kumpinchian Labour Party Conference, September and October 1960, 
saw Samat's party secretary, Chia his deputy, and Sarwar's third senior position, with Leng Sari the fourth. January 1962, Sihanouk security services took action to crack down more on Cambodian socialists. July, Samat would be arrested and he was tortured and killed. Chia would fear the same, so he stepped away from his political activities. A clear path was now opened to Saur to become the leader. Sihanouk's government faced opposition from left and right wings. South Vietnamese supporters supported a coup against Sihanouk, but it failed. Rev uh, relationships between the countries massively broke down and the US began economic blockade of Cambodia in 1956. In 1960, Sihanouk's father died. He then introduced a constitutional amendment, letting him, Sihanouk, become head of state. February 1962, anti-government student protests became, vi became violent and riots. Sihanouk dismissed the Sankum government, calling a new election, and produced a list of 34 left-leaning Cambodians, demanding they met him to start a new administration. Saar was on the list but refused to meet. Saar and Sari left her Viet Cong encampment and according to many, he was now a full-time revolutionary. So the Viet Cong camp was very basic, with little to no food. In Phnom Penh, Sihanouk's government was cracking down on the movement. Members would flee to Sar's jungle camp. In February 63, the party's second conference, Sar was elected party secretary. This was done in an apartment in Phnom Penh and Saur fled after back to the jungle to avoid repression. Early 1964, Saur formed his own encampment called Office 100 on the South Vietnamese border. The Viet Cong would allow Saur to do his thing, but they held control over the camp. The Central Committee met again in January 1965 accusing Soviet leader Nikita Khrushchev of being a revisionist. Tsar and comrades looked to develop their own interpretation of Marxism and Leninism, a more Cambodian variant. They would move away from Orthodox Marxists. By 1965, the party seen Cambodia's proletariate as full enemy agents and refused their membership. Their main aim the main area of growth was rural provinces, and by 1965, membership was at 2,000. Saar travelled by foot to Hainai to meet North Vietnamese government, but they were preoccupied with the Vietnam War, so didn't want Saar's forces to destabilise Sihanouk's government, having to deal with two major issues. In Hainai, Saar brushed up on the Workers' Party of Vietnam archives and came to the thinking their interests were incompatible with Cambodia. November 1965, Saar flew from Hainai to Beijing to meet Pang Xiang. The Chinese Communist Party trained Saar on dictatorship, class struggles and political purges. Saar would also witness China's ongoing cultural revolution which influences later policies. February 1966, Sarah left Beijing for Hanoi. Then he travelled for four months to the new base of Marxist Lenin at Lok Nai. 
October 1966, Sauron and other Cambodian leaders made many key decisions. They changed the party's name to Communist Party of Kampuchea, or CPK. Sihanouk would refer to them as Khmer Rouge, or Red Cambodians. They moved the headquarters to Ratakiri province. And in November 1967, Sar went to the base office 102. During this journey, Sar got malaria and took respite in a Viet Cong medical base. December, plans for armed conflict were made, with the war to start northwest and spread out. January 1968, the war began, attacking the army on the Bay Damran. Targets included police and soldiers, seizing all weapons. The government fought back with scorched earth approaches, like aerial bombing where the rebels were. As the uprising grew, 100,000 villagers joined them. Feeling the government's pinch, Sar moved his base to the mountainous Nagas Trail. The base was called K-5. Sar increased his dominance and had his own separate encampment his own staff and his own guards. No one outside his circle would meet him without an escort. Sar took over from Sari as the Secretary of the North East. In November 1969, Sar trekked to Hainan to try to convince the North Vietnamese government for military help, but they said no. March 1970, while in Beijing, Cambodian parliamentarians led by Lan Nol deposed Si Hanuk. Si Hanuk flew to Beijing and the Vietnamese Communist parties urged him to form alliances with Khmer Rouge to overthrow Nol's right-winged government. Si Hanuk agreed as its Tsar, but his role in CPK was still hidden from Si Hanuk. Sihanouk formed his own government in exile in Beijing and started the National United Front of Kampuchea to rally Nal's opponents. Recruits for the Khmer Rouge included apolitical peasants who fought in support of the king and not communism. April 1970, Sar again went to Hanoi. He insisted on weapons, not troops, as Cambodia needed to get rid of Nal themselves. But North Vietnamese armies and Viet Cong still invaded attacking Nal's forces, so in turn, South Vietnam and the US sent troops to bolster Nal's government. This had Cambodia thrown into the Second Indochina War, already ripping across Vietnam. The US dropped bombs, although trying to target Viet Cong and Khmer Rouge, the bombing primarily affected civilians. This would have recruits sworn to Khmer Rouge like bees to nectar. With about 12,000 by end of 1970 and nearly 48,000 by 1972. June 1970, uh, Sars went back to the, his K5 base and then in July went south. It's at this point Sars started to call himself Paul and later Paul Pot. September at a camp on the border of Krati, a meeting of CPK standing committee convened. Only a few senior members attended, but it issued a resolution setting out principles of independence mastery, which is the idea Cambodia must be solely reliant and fully independent. November, the government relocated to the K1 base at Dangkada. By year's end, Mars's 
forces had presence in half of Cambodia. Khmer Rouge had restricted role in this. 1971-72, the majority of fighting against Nal was carried out by the Vietnamese or Cambodians under Vietnamese control. During 1971, Pol Pot and others focused on building a Khmer Rouge army to take control when Vietnam withdrew. Membership to the party was more selective, picking poor peasants, not middle class or students. At the CPK's third congress, Pot was made secretary of the Central Committee and chairman of its military commission. Early 1972, Pol did his first tour of the Marxist-controlled areas in Cambodia. The areas were called liberated zones. Corruption did not exist. Gambling was banned, alcohol was banned, and affairs were warned against. People who were quote-unquote hostile to the movement were killed. Wealthy peasants had their land split up. By the end of 1972, all families living in Marxist-controlled areas possess equal amounts of land. May 1972, the group began ordering all living under its control to dress like peasants, to wear black clothing, red and white krama scarves and sandals that were made from car tires. Paul also dressed like this. CPK members had to attend regular, sometimes daily, lifestyle meetings to engage in criticism and self-criticism. These would create suspicion within the movement. By 1972, relations between Khmer Rouge and its Vietnamese Marxist allies started to strain and violent clashes erupted. That year, the Viet Cong and North Vietnamese began to pull out of Cambodia. Paul then suggested Sihak Sihanouk leave Beijing and tour Cambodia, at least the areas CPK controlled. Sihanouk agreed. Paul then ordered collectivization of villages in 1973. This was to build a socialist society and to have the Khmer Rouge gain control over food supply, which meant farmers couldn't provision government forces. Villagers hated collectivization. To avoid it, they slaughtered their livestock, and so the property didn't become collective. The next six months had 60,000 Cambodians flee from areas of Khmer Rouge control. Khmer Rouge introduced conscription to pump up its forces. The North Vietnamese reduced the flow of arms to Khmer Rouge. July 1973, the CPK agreed the North Vietnamese were to be seen as a friend with a conflict. Paul then ordered internment of those in Khmer Rouge who spent time in North Vietnamese and were considered sympathised to them. Most of these people were killed. Summer 1973, Khmer Rouge launched its first major assault on Femme Pen, but had to pull out due to having losses. Later in the same year, began bombarding with artillery. By 1974, Nal lost a lot of support domestically and internationally. In 1975, the troops defending Phnom Penh started to talk about surrendering. April 17th, they allowed Khmer Rouge to enter the city. Once in, Khmer Rouge soldiers executed about 800 senior government, military and police figures. Lan Nal was able to flee into exile in the US. 
Khmer Rouge feud from Penn's population with mistrust, especially since a lot of peasants, peasant refugees fled the Khmer Rouge advances and were considered to be traitors. After taking the city, Khmer Rouge announced its inhabitants had to evacuate to escape U.S. bombing. This was a lie. They said all could return in three days. Another lie. The evacuation had 2.5 million moved with very little preparation. 15 to 20,000 were removed from hospitals and made to march out. Checkpoints were on every road to search marchers and take their belongings. The march happened in the hottest month of the year with about 20,000 people dying en route. Anthony von Penn was tactical. One was demolishing capitalism in Cambodia and two was demolishing Sihanouk's power and the spy network of the CIA. This would facilitate Khmer Rouge dominance over the country and enable driving the urban population towards agriculture production. This is where I'm going to end the episode today. So much more of the story is yet to come. This was just a tip of Pol Pot's reign and its destruction and its genocide of the Cambodian people. Join me next time for the conclusion and the second part of Pol Pot. Until then, this was the good, the bad and the pure evil. <laughs>